I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine earlier this week as we were standing there on the line hanging chicken. I couldn't tell you how many theological conversations I've been in hanging chicken, but as I was standing there hanging chicken, um, uh, we get, we get to talking about uh, the end of time, the the rapture, and, and my friend, he begins to tell me that the Bible says that when uh, when we get down to the end, the the church is going to be it's going to be raptured out, and uh, everybody who's left here is going to have seven years of tribulation, and that uh, if they repent during that seven years, Jesus will return to get them as well. So. Uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at the uh, the secret rapture. This is what that's called, and, and we're going to see if it's if it's biblical or not. So, uh, if you would bow your heads with me, and we'll, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to be with us. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the uh, all the many blessings that you have poured out upon us. We thank you for all the praises that, that uh, were given. Well, we thank you uh, for every day of life that you bless us with. Be with us throughout our, our study today. We ask that uh, your Holy Spirit would open our minds and open my mouth. Uh, thank you, Lord. We praise you. In your name we ask these things, Jesus. Amen. Okay, to get started, we kind of need a, a, a history of when this doctrine came about and how it came about. Brother Daniel, I really enjoyed his uh, uh, sermons. It was two or three sermons that he did on on uh, the Bible, and uh, we're kind of going to be reviewing that just a little bit. During the um, second, third, fourth century, all the way down to the fifteenth century, this is these were the good old days for the papacy. Okay, and during these times uh, and before, it was very hard to attain a copy of the Bible because the Bible was handwritten. Anybody who had a copy had handwritten it. Now, you imagine, I don't know, it would take me years to try to hand copy a Bible. If you hand copied a Bible and someone persuaded you to sell it, how much would that be worth to you? A lot of money, if you could even get them to sell it. So not very many people had the Bible at all during this time. Uh, very, very few people. But uh, down down towards the, the 14th century, you see God moving, and he's, he's doing some things because uh, around 14th, Around the 1440s was when the first printing press was made available. And about this same time, the Reformation started taking place. And, you know, another reason why that uh, the people didn't have the Bible, not only because they couldn't afford it, but also because it was it was written still written in the original Greek and Hebrew. It wasn't translated into their language. It wasn't translated into the language of the common people. So... Uh, during the, the birth of the Reformation, <clears throat> these people start translating the Bible, and here comes a printing press, and now people have the Word of God in their hands, and they can read it for themselves. It's, it's more affordable. It's in their language. They've got the Word of God, and this is what spelled death for the papacy. 
because what would happen is people would read through the scriptures. They would they would say, well, this isn't lining up with what the, the church of the day is teaching. This doesn't say anything about worshiping Mary. This doesn't say anything about purgatory. It doesn't say anything about any of that. So, um, especially... Especially when they came to the prophecies in the book, uh, the books of Daniel and Revelation, um, all the reformers, every single one of them, they held to the historicist interpretation of prophecy. And what this is is where you take, uh, uh, like Daniel, um. The prophecies that, that, that are in the book of Daniel start in the time of Daniel all the way down to the end of time. And just like Revelation, they start in the time of John and they continue on down through the end of time. Now, this is, this is what they all, this is what they all believed. And when you, you, uh, you look at the prophecies in Daniel and Revelation, uh, in this way, you see some things that the beast, that, that the Antichrist, some characteristics, and you see some uh, time periods that happen, and it pinpoints exactly who they are. So the papacy, they were kind of up against the wall uh, because they were... There were the Bible had become so so common and so uh, uh, readily available to the people that there were there were young people standing up in public displays that were making the doctors and the theologians of the Catholic Church uh, embarrassed because they the people now saw that they had no idea what they were talking about. So, what were they to do? Well. Uh, the only thing that the Catholic Church could do was try to pretty much reinterpret how the Bible looks at prophecy. They pretty much try to make a new language in prophecy. So how how did they do that? They they uh they hired two Jesuit priests, one by the name of uh, Francisco Riviera. And another by the name of Louis, got his name here somewhere, Louis Alcazar. Okay, uh, Frank, Francisco Ribera, he came up with the, what is called today the, the futurist system of interpreting prophecy. There are really three mainstream interpretations that you can interpret prophecy with. One is the historist, historicist, which is it starts in the time of the prophet all the way down to the end of time. One is the futurist, and then the other one is the preterist. Okay, so um, Francisco Ribeiro, he, uh, uh, let me explain to you what, has, has anyone here, everybody here has probably heard of the secret rapture, right? This is what the futurist system is. Uh, the futuristic system says that, let's just imagine that I'm, I'm on a I'm on a time scale right here. We're starting here's Sinai, right? I'm gonna run down here. Here's the cross. Okay? Between the cross and Sinai, Jesus is trying to covenant with his people. Right? Okay, but uh, the Jews they failed. 
Okay, so now you've got a time period from the cross down to here. And this is what is called the secret rapture. Between the cross and the secret rapture is the church. <laughs> Thank you. Between, between uh, the cross and the secret rapture is the church. Okay? And from this point forward, you have seven years where God is going back to the Jews and trying to renew His covenant relationship with the Jews for seven more years and anyone else who will accept Him for seven years. And then, if they do, then they'll get to go to heaven as well. That's what the futuristic system says. Now, uh, this did not become uh, popular uh, in the United States up until around the 20th century. Uh, it was really, has anybody ever heard of the Schofield Study Bible? Uh, a man, I forget his name, his last name was Schofield. He, he uh, wrote a Bible uh, and he added, he added um, notes in his Bible that were... Uh, leaning towards towards this, and, and then also we have the uh, uh, Left Behind series that also popularized this belief. Now, um, the the other belief, um, the preterist, uh, it, it. But but okay okay wait let let me wait just a second with. The futurist belief, okay, we've got the church, the church here, all the way up down to the rapture, and then seven years. During the seven years is the mark of the beast, uh, the, the uh, Antichrist comes in after the church is already gone. So where does that put the book of Revelation? In the future. In the future. Do we need it? Yeah. We're the church, right? We're gone before this happens. We don't need it. So, uh, where does that put the papacy? If the Antichrist is revealed in the seven last years, and the mark of the beast takes place and all this, and the papacy is going on right now, it couldn't be the papacy. So, the papacy is effectually screened. Right? Um, and that's what that was the whole point uh, of them doing this and uh, the other the other Jesuit priest Louis Alcazar um, the preterist belief is that um, the mark of the beast the, the antichrist that was all that all took place and was fulfilled by the first or second century AD. So that was that was like the worship of the of the uh, uh, Pontifus Maximus, the the uh, Roman emperors. That was that was everything. Everything in Daniel Revelation has been taken care of. Has already been fulfilled in uh, the first and second century. So if the papacy doesn't come about until the third, fourth, fifth century AD, that blocks them from being possibly identified as the Antichrist. Do you see what I'm saying? So, 
both of these views were uh, were clearly conjured up by the Catholic Church. Now, <clears throat> let's uh, let's go to the Bible. Let's let's see what the Bible has to say with this. Um, some of the verses that futurists hold to for the secret rapture <clears throat> is sec- uh, is is well, we all know it. It's uh, I will I will come as a thief in the night, right? Jesus is coming as a thief in the night. Well, Paul, uh, he, he plays on this verse and gives us a little deeper insight on what exactly Jesus was talking about in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10. Turn there with me in your Bibles if you have them with you. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. He says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Okay, so apparently Jesus, his whole concept of using the the parable of the thief in the night wasn't to make it sound like it was going to be secretly coming in and getting people and secretly coming right back out. Because here it says it's going to be with a great noise and elements and melt with fervent heat, right? That's not quiet. So what exactly was Jesus talking about? Why don't we let him answer for ourselves in Luke chapter 12, verse 39 through 40. Here it says, But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would not have watched. He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. He wants, uh, he's wanting us to be ready. You know, if, if, uh, how would you, how would you feel if you got a postcard in the mail from a thief saying, I'm coming to your house and I'm going to rob you blind on such and such a time, such and such a date? I would be ready for that thief. I, w- I would, I would, uh, um, I would do things differently. Now, Jesus is telling us that he's coming at a time we don't expect him because he knows we'll do things differently if we know that he's coming when we don't know he's coming. He wants to keep doing things differently. Um, now there's a, there's a few variations of uh, uh, the secret rapture. There's a mid-tribulation view uh, we're not gonna have time to read, get into that one, but I would, I would, uh, uh, encourage anyone to, to read, uh, Matthew 2, Matthew 22, 2 through 10, that, uh, really makes it plain that, 
that there is no uh, mid-tribulation rapture either. But uh, another verse is going to be in Luke seventeen thirty-four. We're gonna we're gonna be looking at uh, four different points here. Seventeen verse thirty-four. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken, and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken, and the other left. All right. Now, um, to get a good idea of what the second coming is going to be like, what do we need to do? We need to compare Scripture with Scripture, get get the, get the a lot of different parables, a lot of different uh, quotes about the end of time, and put them together. So uh, do me a favor and put your finger there. And now turn with me to Matthew 24, 37. Matthew 24, verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay. Was there a... Second chance for anybody who didn't get on the boat. No. And, and notice, one thing I do want you to notice is um, in verse 39 there, the flood came and what happened? It took them all away. Okay, let's turn to Matthew thirteen twenty-four. Just back a few chapters. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until harvest. And at that at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, notice that word first, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. And Jesus goes on later on and, and explains the parable. The, uh, uh, the wheat is God's people and the tares are, are the wicked. Now, uh, does it say anything about converting the tares any later or saving them for any reason? Or No, I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's pretty plain language. There's not much you can really say about that. Now, 
Let's turn to one more scripture, First Thessalonians four sixteen. First Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord Himself would ascend from heaven with a shout. We all have this memorized, right? With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain. What's 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 another word for remain? Somebody has a new uh, NIV out there. Left. That's what the NIV says is left, and I like that. Those of us who are left, could Jesus be saying that the ones that are left are the ones that are going to be saved? Let's let him explain it for himself. Remember where I, I, I told you to put your finger? Back here in Luke 17, we're going to read verse 37. And they answered and said to him, where, Lord? Remember, Jesus just got, just got, ta- got done telling them a woman is going to be, uh, one is going to be taken and one is going to be left. Uh, two men are going to be in the field. One is going to be taken and another one is going to be left. Where are they taken, Lord? Verse 37, he says, and they answered and said to him, where, Lord? So he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Friends, Jesus tells a parable. Another parable about uh, two men, a wise man and a foolish man. One builds his house on the sand, one builds his house on the rock. Now, uh, does does the man who built his house on a rock, does he, does he see the storm? Or does he get out of seeing the storm? He sees the storm. The storm hits his house too. Friends, tribulation is coming. We're all going to have to deal with tribulation. But in nature, God's wonderful book of nature, we we can find uh, the greatest lessons. Uh, There's a tree. You ever heard of a bristlestone, bristlecone pine tree? Oh, okay. Some of them are up to... 4,000 years old. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what a tree would see in 4,000 years? How many storms? How many? How much lightning? How much snow? How much wind and rain? 4,000 years. How in the world does it sustain all that? Well, they dig their roots deep. And they wrap them around a rock. And they hold on. If we dig our roots of faith deep into the Word of God and hang on to Jesus, it will carry us through. Lord, I ask that you would be with each and every one of us. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to keep watching. Help us to keep our eyes uh, toward heaven. And uh, looking, we're looking forward to coming home, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.